Hello, and welcome to this podcast of Sunday Sermons from Concord United Methodist Church. We hope that you'll find this message to be meaningful, insightful, and a refreshing part of your daily walk with God. Please feel free to share this podcast with family, friends, or anyone else who might benefit from it. This podcast is part of the digital ministries of Concord United, and we are grateful that you have chosen to experience worship and God's Word with us. For more information about Concord United and its ministries, please visit our website at concordunited.org. Have you ever thought about what brings you joy? Uh, Those things that seem to uh, pick you up, And have you ever thought about how long that lasts? As we had 700 people come through the halls for candy, I was so, uh, it took so much of my energy to hand candy to 700 people that I felt at some point like I should enjoy some of the candy myself (laughs) simply out of a dutiful sense of responsibility so that I could continue to have energy to joyfully hand candy to others. Now, when you have a piece of candy, it does bring you joy for a moment, right? But that moment is fleeting. And sometimes that sugar can later cause a crash. Today we're talking about where we find joy that lasts. And I would encourage you uh, to uh, Join us in our Bible reading plan this week and each week. You can find it at concordunited.org Bible, or you can pick up a copy of it uh, at the uh, information center in our lobby. And this Bible reading plan will take, give you a scripture reading for every day of the year other than Sundays when uh, we have a scripture that we share together in worship ourselves. And it goes right along with this theme. It will help you really seek for joy in your life this week, joy that, that lasts as we look at where, where we find that. Well, as you think about what is it that brings you joy? And if we want to know what we really think will bring us joy, a good question to ask is, what do I spend most of my time seeking? What is it that in the back of my mind, I'm constantly saying, if I just had this, if this just happened, if things would work out this way, then everything would, would be fine. What is it that you constantly ask yourself? What brings you joy? And if you find yourself not able to answer that question, or if you find that those things that you're listing, that when you actually achieve them, the joy doesn't always last, then I would invite you to listen to Jesus' teachings in the 15th chapter of the Gospel of John. Uh, This is the very beginning of his teachings on the night before his death. Uh, He's just shared the Last Supper with his disciples. Uh, And now John tells us that Jesus spends more time teaching, we might say lecturing, than at any other recorded point in the Gospels. He has so much to say before he says goodbye. And this is the very beginning of that. He begins by saying, I am the true vine and you are the branches. Abide in me and I in you. You can do nothing apart from me. And then shortly after saying that, he says this. And I think you'll find it interesting as we talk about where joy comes from today. Picking up with verse 9. As the Father has loved me, so have I loved you. Abide in my love. 
If you keep my commandments, you will abide in my love, just as I have kept my Father's commandments and abide in his love. I have said these things to you so that your, my joy may be in you and that your joy may be complete. This is my commandment, that you love one another as I have loved you. Let, let's go back to the, the previous slide where we see verse 11. I want you to see the last verse on there, ver, verse 11. Uh, listen to this verse. I have said these things to you so that my joy may be in you and your joy may be complete. He's saying, okay, I'm telling you this so that my joy may be in you. And then when we back up a little farther, what, a little far, farther, what is he saying? He's saying, as the Father has loved me, I have loved you. Abide in my love. And if you will keep my commandments, you will abide in my love. Okay, so joy comes from abiding in the Father's love. And abiding in God's love comes from keeping his commandments. And he says, and what is the commandment that you love others as I have loved you? This is verse 12. This is my commandment. Love one another as I have loved you. So here, here's what we find. Joy that lasts, not momentary happiness, but, but joy that lasts really comes from one place. It comes from knowing the love of God. And in fact, what we can see is that the degree of joy in your life depends on the degree of love that you extend to others. Think about that for a moment. Think about how different that is from what we're taught in most other places in this world. In most other places in this world, uh, we, we are taught that our degree of joy comes from how well others love us. It comes from how well life treats us. It comes from all the things that we can acquire and get out of life. That's not what Jesus says at all. Jesus takes the wisdom of this world and he turns it on his head. He says, joy, joy doesn't come from how well you are loved by others. It comes from how well you love others. Uh, joy comes from knowing how well God loves you and then how well you love others. Now, does, does the love of others make us happy? Yes, it does. Does it build us up? Yes, it does. But I've known people who are loved very well by others who were given every opportunity, every privilege this life could afford, who for most of their lives lived a pretty miserable experience because they didn't learn how to give it back. They, they didn't learn how to take that love and give it back. And most of the time when we don't, it's because we're somehow deep down trying to figure out how we can earn it. If we want to abide in God's love, if we want to love others as God has loved us, and know the joy, the lasting joy that can only be found when we do that, then it's not enough to know that God loves you. You must know how God loves you. It's not just enough to know that God loves you. You have to know how God loves you. Remember, Jesus, love one another as I have loved you. Not, not what other people call love. Not what, for pa what passes for love in a Hollywood movie. Love one another as I have loved you. That's what love looks like. Let's think about how Jesus has loved us. Let's think about how he has loved us at our worst. Let's think about how he gave his life for us. Not after we got our act together, 
but before. Let's think about his patience and grace with us that does not give up, that come whatever may, does not desert us, does not give up, never gets tired or weary of us, never decides that we are too much or too difficult. That is how Jesus has loved us. Think about the disciples to which he was speaking that day. The the disciples to which he was speaking. Uh, There's Matthew, who'd been a tax collector, who cheated people out of their hard-earned money and passed along the profits to the Roman oppressors. There's Simon the Zealot, who was part of what we might call a terrorist group, overseeing covert assassination attempts uh, in an effort uh, to get the Romans out uh, of the Holy Land. There's Peter, who rarely met an opportunity where he didn't put his foot in his mouth. Peter was that person that you just loved them to death, but when they opened their mouth in public, you you just kind of took a deep breath and prepared yourself for what might be coming next. These are three of the folks that Jesus is speaking to. There's James and John. Do you remember the stunt James and John pull at the Last Supper? Do you remember Jesus is having this big conversation? He's about to give up his life. He's teaching them everything they need to know. And James and John are like, hey, when you come into your kingdom, can we sit at your right and at your left? In essence, can one of us be vice president and the other secretary of state? We want really good appointments in your new cabinet, Jesus. And you know what Jesus does in that moment? Jesus, I mean... I would be so tempted to be like, why do I put up with you guys? Like, you don't get anything. Like, nothing. I'm going to call a last-minute audible. Go get some more disciples. Uh, And you know what Jesus says to him? He says, can you drink the cup that I'll drink and be baptized with my baptism? And they say, yes, you can. He says, you're right, and you will. You have so many problems. You've got arrogance and uh, you've got unholy ambition uh, but you know you are really my disciples and you really have a calling in my kingdom and you really have a place in glory uh, but at my right and at my left isn't mine to give uh, those aren't categories we seek in the kingdom uh, but you will you will be with me and then he he uses it to teach all his disciples and said hey In the kingdom of God, when we are put in a position of responsibility, uh, we don't lord it over others. We don't use it to get our own way. Uh, That's what the Gentiles do. We're different. We we use it to serve. What's what's he saying there? He's, He's saying that how you love, your joy comes from how you serve, right? How you love others. And he's showing this to us with with his life. He's showing this unconditional love of God. And friends, we can't extend unconditional love to others if we haven't received God's unconditional love for ourselves. Many of us have heard about it. Many of us have read about it. We've studied it. We've heard a thousand sermons on it, but we don't know it. We don't know it for ourselves we still walk around thinking somehow we can earn it. Uh, 
We still walk around thinking that because we're better than someone else, God cares about us more than someone else, or that uh, God finds more pride in us than in, in someone else. We still walk around thinking that somehow our lives will be better when we get this or when we get that or when people treat us like this or when they, they treat us like that. And how many times in our lives have we thought that and how many times in our lives have we acquired what we were seeking and how many times in our lives have we found out that it, as great as it was, it did not last. It simply did not last. We have to receive God's unconditional love for ourselves. I, I grew up my whole life being taught about God's unconditional love, always knowing, knowing God loved me. I didn't really receive it for myself until I was, was about 17 years old. And I can remember realizing that God loved me even though I was a mess. And that still to this day is the most powerful moment in my life. Still to this day, that is the moment that sets my life trajectory, wanting others to know that. And I wake up every morning and this world tempts me. And this world tells me to find my joy somewhere else. And this world tells me that that's nice and that's all well and good. Uh, and isn't that Christianity such a quaint, uh, idealistic religion? And it helps people and it makes people feel good. But what really matters is what you can accomplish. What really matters is how others treat you. Every day I'm told that. And every day I find myself tempted to begin believing that. And every day I have to turn to the Bible and every day I have to turn, get on my knees and pray or I will go down that path and I'll tell you I have traveled down that path before. Uh, I, I have turned towards it even after I knew the truth and I haven't found anything redeeming on that path. I had a lot of some cool stories, experiences, but nothing that brings lasting joy. Nothing that shapes my soul in the way of love, the way of the saints who've come before us, because that's what their witness is here to tell us. Think about what we remember about them that's good. I imagine it had to do not just with good things that happened to them, how other people treated them well. It probably has to do with how they loved others even when others were difficult to love, even when life didn't treat them well. And here's the thing, once you realize, once you come to actually know that this life is about the unconditional love of God, you, you don't have to walk around in fear anymore. It, that something won't happen that you have to have happened. Because the only thing that you had to have happened happened on a hill outside of Jerusalem about 2,000 years ago when a Savior, the only innocent, perfect person to ever walk this earth, gave, gave his life for you and then rose again. And that gift can never be taken away from you. And so everything else that can happen to us, here's how I think we should walk through life when bad things happen. Have you ever seen a kid who's learning uh, to play basketball in their driveway, right? They bounce the ball around. They can barely get it up to the hoop. And constantly you'll hear them when they start to play. They will have seen a game on TV. And they'll decide that they're going to shoot the game-winning shot, right? And they'll say, five, four, three, 
two, one, and they'll shoot. And usually it doesn't go in. And then here's what they say. And I love it because it's the universal response of a child playing basketball in their head in their driveway. Five, four, three, two, one, shoots, misses, overtime. Right? <laughs> Over, the game is going to overtime. And then the whole thing repeats itself. It's what I want you to remember when bad things happen in your life. Overtime. Second chance. Because Jesus has loved us, has forgiven us, is present with us for all time. It's the truth that the saints we celebrate today know. It's the truth that we ask him to help us know as we come to his communion table today. It's the truth that brings us joy and teaches us to love as he's loved us. Let's pray together. Gracious God, we come before you today thanking you that you have loved us unconditionally, that every way in which we have turned away from you has not caused you to turn away from us, that every way in which we have failed to love our neighbors has not caused you to fail to love us, that every way in which we have misunderstood you has not caused you to give up on us, that every disappointment this life has brought us has not brought us further away from your love for us. Lord, you have loved us with mercy and truth, with grace and beauty, unconditionally, from before the foundation of the world. Teach us to love others as you have loved us, that our joy may be complete. Amen. Thank you for listening to this sermon from Concord United Methodist Church. This podcast is a ministry of Concord United, and we would love to hear from you. To contact us, please send an email to podcasts at concordunited.org with sermons in the subject line. For more information about Concord United, including worship times, service opportunities, mission efforts, and classes, please visit our website at concordunited.org. We also invite you to download and enjoy our daily devotional podcasts presented by the pastors and members of Concord United. Finally, we would appreciate it if you would leave a rating and a review of this podcast so that others can discover it and benefit from it.